Welcome to the Marriage Depth Podcast, where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. The Marriage Steps Podcast is listener-supported, so to help keep it on the air so couples worldwide can receive hope for their marriage, please consider becoming a monthly supporter by going to patreon.com forward slash marriage steps. A quick announcement on my site, I've been working hard at developing marriage tools. I've been working with couples for years on these marriage tools, and so I finally committed them to video. And so I have 11 marriage tools total, and I just got done publishing all 11, and they're $14.99 each, and they're on my website. If you go to drwyattfisher.com, click on marriage tools, you can read through the various tools, and you can purchase whatever ones you want. Once you purchase it, you'll get a link for that video tool. It's me presenting the tool, giving you demonstrations and you know examples. And then you and your partner can re-watch that video to master that tool. And so these tools are huge. I'm really big on marriage tools. We need tools to fix things. If you try to fix something in your house without the right tool, you won't be able to fix it. And you might do even more damage with the wrong tool. And so I'm a really big proponent on tools. So I developed a lot of tools and I think they're they can be very helpful. I'm biased because I developed them, but check it out. So if you feel like you're missing some tools for your marriage, feel free to go to my website, click on marriage tools and see which of those may benefit you. The marriage tip of the day is be a unified front with your in-laws, a unified front with your partner, with your in-laws. So what that means is when you get married to become one. And at that point, If your parent insults your partner, it's an insult to you. And you need to view it that way because the trap a lot of people fall into is if their parent insults their partner, they defend their parent. And they try to convince their partner how their partner shouldn't take it so personal or how their parent really didn't mean it that way. And while yes, partners need to evaluate their own behavior and if they're overreacting, it's a trap and a big no-no to defend your parent instead of defending your partner. So if your parent is out of line, you need to view it as an insult to you if they insult your partner. So view you and your partner as a unified front against your parents, against your in-laws. The marriage joke of the day is, I thought I would surprise my wife by replacing our bed with a trampoline. But when she found out, she hit the roof. Okay, so today, every Thursday, what I'm trying to start doing here is have a Ask the Shrink hour. And so on Facebook, I post on my Facebook page, what questions do you have about marriage? And I get some great questions. So today was that day, so I posted on my Facebook page, what marriage questions do you have? And so here's some of the questions that came in, and I want to respond to it in case some of, some of you have similar questions. So here's the first one. How do I build back trust? Trust is such a fragile thing. It's so hard to build and easy to break. So if your partner has broken your trust, you don't want to automatically trust them again. That would be unwise. They need to earn back your trust slowly. And as they prove themselves to be trustworthy, you give them a little more trust. And as they prove themselves more, you give them a little more trust. If they start breaking your trust again, you trust them a little bit less. And so it's unrealistic to think that you can go from 
I don't trust you to I trust you because it's more of a gradual process that's gonna develop over time as your partner proves worthy. So that can be a helpful perspective. If you still have resentment over their behavior that hurt you, that broke your trust, and if they've stopped that behavior, you may benefit from the compassion chart. That's one of the tools on my website, the compassion chart, and that will walk you through some questions that will help you develop compassion towards why they behaved in the way that they did. It doesn't make it right, it doesn't justify it, but it'll help you understand all the variables that went into their behavior. And when you understand all those variables, compassion tends to grow and forgiveness tends to be a byproduct of compassion. Second question, my husband and I fight over the bills. What should we do? This is common, right? Financial fights in marriage are very, very common. And so there's a couple recommendations on this. First thing I would recommend is develop a budget together. You have to develop a budget together. So write down all of your expenses from smallest to largest. Condense the categories as much as you can so it's simple. You don't wanna have 50 categories in your budget. You should have no more than 15 categories, most likely, maybe less. But you want to collapse all the categories, write down all of your expenses, track it for a while until you get an accurate budget so you and your partner can operate out of this budget together. So you both have the same playbook. You both can see what you're spending in each category. And then that's going to require some negotiating because you may think you need to spend X amount of dollars on groceries and your partner may think differently. So you may need to negotiate and share power on some of the categories until you get on the same page. That's huge. Once you're on the same page, the next thing I would encourage you to do is to start sharing in the bill paying. If one of you is the only one in charge of the bills, most likely you're gonna be the one feeling most of the financial pressure, the stressors, looking at your budget, seeing if you're over budget, under budget. That needs to be more of a shared experience. So ideally you could share in the budgeting and the bill paying. So maybe you split up what bills you're gonna pay, or maybe you sit down together and write the bills together, or maybe you take turns on who's gonna do what, but try to share in the financial management of your marriage, because that will help develop a sense of teamwork like we're in this together. The next question is, my partner doesn't wanna have sex with me. What should I do? That is a horrible feeling. It's a horrible feeling to feel like you're not wanted sexually. And I get this quite often, this question of my partner won't have sex with me, what do I do? So my reaction to that is you have to first start with looking for the root. What is the cause? What's making them not want to have sex with you? It could be a variety of things. It could be they're hooked on pornography. It could be they have erectile dysfunction. It could be they're going through a really stressful time in their life and their libido's in the tank. It could be they're depressed and so their libido's in the tank. It could be, you know, they're going through a life transition, and so it's just not on their mind right now. It could be because of emotional distance in your relationship, so they don't feel very connected, so it's hard for them to be physical. And the list can go on and on. So the first step is you wanna understand the why. And so if you haven't already, sit down with your partner and try to uncover all the possible reasons, there might be more than one, why their interest in sex has gone down. Perhaps they don't enjoy what you do sexually together. Perhaps you're doing some things that's a turnoff. Who knows? So you have to start there. 
And then the next thing I would do, once you figure out the why, that's gonna influence the what on how can we bring this back? How can we bring back sexual intimacy, which is such a huge part of having a happy, fulfilling relationship? And I would recommend the wedding cake model tool. So again, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com, click on marriage tools, and you'll see the tool on the wedding cake model. And what that model does is it builds from the base tier, which is all about building the friendship, and then from there, it moves it up to the sensual tier. So couples have sensual activity. And then from there, it moves it up to the sexual tier. So couples can have sexual activity. And so it's a great model to bring back sexual and sensual intimacy into your relationship. And it brings it back in a way that optimizes voice and choice. So that you're optimizing satisfaction for both high and low libido partners. So I would highly recommend getting to the root, and then checking out that model, the wedding cake model, so that you can slowly build friendship, sensuality, and then sexuality together. Okay, the last question is, I don't agree with how my partner parents his kids, so this is a blended family, what should I do? So this can happen. You're in a blended family, and your partner has kids from a previous relationship, and you do not like how your partner parents his or her kids. You may think he or she is overly strict or overly permissive, and it drives you crazy. You hate to watch it, and you feel conflicted because you feel on the one hand, is it my role to say anything? On the other hand, it makes you feel really negative towards your partner. So my feedback on this would be, this would fall under a drainer. So that's the love bucket tool that we all need, the love bucket tool. The love bucket basically lists out your top three fillers you need to feel loved and satisfied and the top three drainers your partner does that makes you feel negative towards them. And how your partner parents is a common drainer, even if it's your biological kids you have together. But how your partner parents, if you don't like it, if you think it's overly strict or overly permissive, that's a drainer. And so that's valid. It makes sense that you would feel that way. You have every right to bring that up and talk about it. However, if it's your stepchildren, you don't necessarily have the right to intervene and correct your partner in front of his or her kids or take over and start parenting those kids yourself. I would not do that because then you're going to be overstepping your boundaries. But there is a time and place to pull your partner to the side and say, hey, look, your kids are coming over this weekend. Can we talk through some of the parenting strategies so that we can get on the same page. Because even though they're not my kids, it's still my house, and this is my marriage with you, and so I would love for us to be able to get on the same page with maybe some of the limits we could set with your kids. I don't wanna be the limit setter. They're not my biological kids. I would love for you to do that, or maybe I would love for you to be more lenient with your kids, but let's talk it through. Let's create an action plan. Let's create some strategy before the next time your kids come to visit so you and I are on the same page. And hopefully your partner is teachable and receptive and open so that you guys can negotiate those variables and negotiate some win-win so you're a unified front when those kids come. And then that will probably make you feel much more positive towards your partner. So that is the Ask the Shrink Hour. Feel free to keep uh, sending me your questions. You can email them to me. You can message me on Facebook. 
But thank you for listening to the Mayor Steps podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to click the five stars and leave a review. The more reviews I get, the higher the podcast will appear in search results so more couples can find it. So please leave a review. Also, for more marriage resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And if this podcast has helped you, I would love to hear from you. My email is info at drwyattfisher.com. I would love to hear your story. And remember, your marriage is alive. If you care for it, it will grow. But if you neglect it, it will die. The choice is up to you. Take care.